Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SB3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, better late than never. Apologies for the technical difficulties, but we are live. It is Tuesday afternoon, already January 31st. SP3, Royal Rumble now in the rearview mirror, and we are on the roads to WrestleMania, as in Cody Rhodes. Much to the chagrin of my co-host, SP3, Cody Rhodes punched his ticket to the main event of WrestleMania. He will be taking on Roman Reigns, we assume, for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship at WrestleMania. We shall see once he actually gets there, once we get past Elimination Chamber in three weeks, because we got a big matchup to get to first SP3, which we assume is going to involve Sami Zayn after one of the most tense and brilliantly performed closing segment segments in Royal Rumble history. It was absolutely brilliant. Moreover, the most important thing I can say, SP3, is almost to a T what happened at the Royal Rumble Sunday was exactly what I predicted about three months ago would happen. I am not right very often, but I was right in this case, and I think that's the most important thing to point out from the Royal Rumble on Sunday um yeah you were just right like three months before it happened um <laughs> you didn't call when it would happen so that doesn't count i but, said at the royal rumble i said at the royal rumble i'll go pull the tape go ahead do it do what you have to do whatever <laughs> whatever fits your 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 ego sir but uh, i'm glad that we are back here on the channel discuss some wrestling it was a great weekend with the royal rumble really damn good show uh i i definitely agree with you one of the best angles ever shot in wwe history let alone royal rumble history yeah. and uh yeah it, it's put this bloodline uh whole angle and saga that's been going on for three years in the rear in the view of wrestling fans discussing it in the all-time great wwe storylines like myself if you've seen my twitter twitter page i caused a lot of controversy with the things i said on our raw rubble review over on the true hill heat youtube channel and i'm probably going to say it here on the show but i'm glad to be back with everyone who is a fan of the believe in pro wrestling podcast Yes, uh, appreciate everybody uh, tuning in, uh, Ozzy and Queen and Noob and everybody who wants to get in in the chat. Yeah, I know, Ozzy. It was it was outside of the Rumble and like the media things. It was a rough weekend for me personally. I felt like that AFC Championship game was was refereed by Bryce Remsburg. Uh, but regardless, uh, it was a bad weekend outside of like the media events in the road. I could go into some stories about some shit that went down in San Antonio, but uh, in my Airbnb, I don't have time to get into it today. But if we have some time some somewhere along the week, I'll let you know about my weekend in San Antonio. I don't plan on going back anytime soon. I will say that much. Uh, speaking of the teams that actually did make it to the Super Bowl, uh, if you want to bet on the big game or any big game, our friends over at Bet Online, they remain your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs 
college basketball, UFC, MMA, NBA, WWE, AEW. It's all there. Get the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, game trends. All of it is there with live betting options, free contests, live scores for almost any sport and every game imaginable. Truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Go to the website today or use your mobile device to receive your 50% welcome bonus when you sign up and put in your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to get those rewards. That is B-L-E-A-V, betonline.ag. That is where the game starts. And SP3, we will start with Sami Zayn. Effectively quitting the bloodline, following Kevin Owens' advice uh, from from months ago that said, hey, turn on them before they turn on you. And this is, like I said, I, I thought this would have been the best way to go is to essentially do the return of the Jedi ending here where you have, you know, the Dark Lord Roman Reigns, who has got somebody that that Sami Zayn loves and respects down and out and he is telling this man to put the final nail in his coffin and sammy says you know what no this is a step too far this is not worth selling my soul i am a good person deep down inside and roman reigns does what roman reigns should never do again which is turn his back to a man with a steel chair in his hand and he got whacked and the the symmetry of that moment and seth rollins hitting him when the shield broke up it was almost mirror, like the way he fell, the, his facial reactions, everything was the way Sammy swung the chair. It was very well done to a T there. But then the real drama happened, SP3, because Sami Zayn then turned around to the Usos and just accepted his fate. He went out like Dr. King Schultz, if you understand that reference from Django Unchained, right? He took out the main bad guy and knew that he was going to die. And he just said, instead of saying, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist, he simply looked at Jey Uso and said, I'm sorry, I'm done. And then it was Jimmy who pulled the trigger and super kicked him, and it was over from that point. And then we get that heartbroken Jey Uso who walked out as they were just hammering Sami Zayn down in the middle of the ring. What that means long-term, I don't know, but it makes this story so much more juicier and so much better now as we head into Elimination Chamber in a couple of weeks. Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of WWE storylines that has this level of depth to it, this many layers to it. And just like uh, like you said, how it was done with Sammy having to watch the bloodline brutalize the man he used to call his best friend and his brother. And you could see how his facial expression was changing throughout the matchup. And then in especially at the end when Roman started, uh, you know, laying out uh, Kevin Owens onto the steel steps with his head hitting the oh, God, that was hard and, to watch. Then, and then you know watching him roman looking straight at sammy when he pinned kevin owens and then like you said there was there was several callbacks because a lot of people are putting a bright light on the shield callback with you know sammy hitting roman in the back and the way he sold it was the same way he sold the chair shot from uh from seth rollins all those years ago now eight years ago it was also a callback to hell in a cell 2020 because there was the the shot when after Jimmy hit Sammy with the super kick, you see Roman in the corner hunched up and his hands are on his head. It's the same way he fooled Jimmy Uso. 
back at Hell in a Cell 2020 into making Jay Uso say I quit. It was the same way. And it was it's basically all it's a meta commentary on Roman Reigns' whole career. Like yeah. Roman Reigns has always been upset that people called Seth Rollins the architect of the shield. And he put this uh, whole stable together, put his family together, created the bloodline, and then an outlier, an outsider, uh, someone from the same world of Seth and John and uh, Dean basically is the reason why his his whole group imploded and Jey Uso and I love it was Sammy looking straight at Jey Uso saying I'm sorry I, I, I'm done I had to do it and he's like He's like, how can you do this? How can you do this to my family? And Jimmy Uso, great acting on his part. Uh, just you could see the emotional breakdown in him, and there was little little touches that you can see on the rewind of it. Like there was a crowd angle where when uh, Roman is pushing Sammy and trying to get him to hit Kevin Owens with the chair and mushing him, uh, Jay holds back Jimmy. It's like, what is Jimmy? What was Jimmy about to do? But Jay holds him back. That, that we don't know what what was going down there and then jimmy he's a guy that basically was talked into acknowledging the tribal chief and coming into the bloodline by wow. jay uso and he's having this this conflict and it went back to the foreshadowing that we got on the december 16th episode of smackdown when jimmy went to roman on the night that it was supposed to be everybody thought it was going to be the night that Sami Zayn either is getting turned on or Sami Zayn is going to officially be a part of the bloodline it was jay the whole time that was pushing the agenda that yeah you're going to be a part of the bloodline this is a huge night for you you clean up but jimmy was the one that they had the backstage segment with roman and says yeah i love sammy uso he's my dog i love all that but you're my family you're my blood i yeah. love the family i love you so whatever we gotta do we could do it so it had to be jimmy who who pulled the trigger on sammy after the move that sammy made and i love it with the also the foreshadowing kevin owens saying turn on them before they turn on you and that's what sammy did but it had to be J jimmy uso who pulled that trigger and just him just it, it was it was like a revelation in that moment is that jimmy has basically had underlining uh resentment Toward Sammy. That was the foreshadowing on that December 16th episode that, that what happened at Survivor Series and the newfound friendship of Jay and Sammy changed the relationship of Jay of Jimmy and Jay as well as Jimmy and Sammy. He's always been the one that was accepting of Sammy. He's the one that first called Sammy the honorary use, had the handshake yeah. with them and everything. But that newfound friendship that over two months span became a brotherhood between Jay and Sammy. He had resentment towards that because the before he goes and continues the beat town on Sammy, what does he say to Jay? He's like, he's your brother? Nah, I'm your brother. And just starts wailing on him. And then you got Solo, who's just a goon, who's like, nah, nah, you gonna get on him? I'm gonna get on him too. Samoan Spike. But Jimmy, just the whole three-year journey where you really come to the fruition, especially when he he leaves that this story is all is as much about jay as it is about sammy as it is about yeah. as it is about roman as it is about anybody jay is one of the lead characters everybody's saying he's best supporting character no he's one of the lead characters because the whole three-year journey of him being the one that went against his cousin and was defiant did not want to acknowledge him as the tribal chief and the head of the table he was forced to acknowledge him after losing in hell in a cell and then over time becoming this loyal soldier to the point he talked his own brother into falling in 
line and joining up with the bloodline. And then they went on this great magical one as the tag team champions. And then you have somebody who's who basically, you know, he was on the outs after WrestleMania 38, Sami Zayn, after losing to Johnny Knoxville and all the jackass BS. And I loved Roman saying, you want to go back to that jackass BS? Do it. Do it now. He's holding you back. I love all of that. All of that came to fruition. And then the whole resentment and dissension between Jay and Sammy, which evolved until Survivor Series and the key point where Sammy proved himself to Jay. And Jay not only accepted him, he became a friend of his and a brother of his to the point that he was the one that defended Sammy when everybody else was ready to just cut ties with Sammy and the bloodline. It was Jay that held him down, that defended him, that called him back to SmackDown to make the save for Solo, that took up for him on the pre-show when Roman was about to get pissed at him on the pre-show for showing up on SmackDown. It was Jay once again defending Sammy. All of that emotions came out in that one scene and then him just choosing to leave with near tears in his eye. Yes, it was art. It was cinema and that's why I said it and I will say it here like I said it on social media, like I said it on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Austin versus McMahon, the bloodline saga. The best two storylines in WWE history. That I don't think that's that controversial of a statement. And I, I, I'll go one step further, or maybe it's along the same lines. And I tweeted this out, and I actually got some positive response because I was expecting to get some pushback on it. Genuinely, the writing staff involved with this storyline, Sami Zayn and Jay Uso, strongly, strongly deserve Emmy consideration for the story arc that they have put together, for the writing involved in this, and their performances that they have done with this from start to finish. You will not find a more compelling story and a better acted story in all of on all of television. Like, if, if, if wrestling's ever going to get nominated and win an Emmy, this is the damn story, and they strongly deserve consideration for it because it has been performed to perfection. And now we're on the road to WrestleMania, and everybody is looking at this going, well, you got to go with Sammy, right? You got to go with Sa Sammy. Seems like he just needs to be the guy. Even Sports Illustrated had an article going that there's there's a fork in the roads to WrestleMania that we have Sammy Zayn. And the question becomes SP3 is, will this story be so good and the reaction for Sammy be so overwhelming that they have to force, that WWE has to force once again to change their plans that they have because right now it is crystal clear who they are ready to strap the rocket to and his name is not Sami Zayn his name is Cody Rhodes he wins the Royal Rumble I thought a, I thought it was a very good Royal Rumble match I have not watched it back with commentary yet I know there was some confusion about Rey Mysterio anything was going to be better than what they put on last year so as far as like comparing it to, to other Rumbles I don't quite know yet i need to go back and rewatch it i enjoyed this one thought the women's rumble was better but cody rhodes gets the win in the end cody rhodes gets the win in the end after a fantastic performance from gunther who was one of the big winners of the weekend going 71 minutes and they basically had like a 15 minute wrestling match at the end of it um man came over looking great but cody gets the win he comes out on monday cuts a fantastic babyface promo Challenges Roman Reigns, it seems to be set in stone. Um, and you look at everything from the presentation, him winning, the crowd reaction, and more importantly, I think, as far as WWE is concerned, the fact that this man's merchandise sold out 
days before the Royal Rumble, and they had to ship more in. You hear Cody Rhodes talking about the fact that it, it's going to be borderline annoying the amount of Cody Rhodes merchandise they're going to have coming out in his post-media scrum ahead of WrestleMania. This man is is it. He's next. He's the guy. He is the one that they are ready to strap the rocket to and send him all the way to WrestleMania and win his first world championship over Roman Reigns in the main event. Based off of all of that evidence, the question is, will the story be compelling enough with Sammy that they are forced to do a Kofi mania where they're forced to place a Becky two belts? And those weren't the plans. But that's what happened. Plans can always change. I don't care that this is the match that they have already got the graphic for, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Can this story be enough to carry Sammy to the promised land so we can get the summer of Sammy as opposed to Cody Rhodes' big moment at WrestleMania 39? If Cody had came out on Raw and said, you know, his whole promo and just added the bit that I'm going to be challenging Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship, then I, I would have said, okay, the door is open for Sammy to get in there in some way, whether they want to do night one with Roman and Cody and then night two with Sammy, they could do that. But the fact that, that Cody said he's going for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, yeah. I think it's set. It's set. It's this is this crowd. This crowd is not like me who uh see that are doing copay suicidas through the logicals in Triple H's booking. Uh, I they're not like me, they are very they're still in the honeymoon phase of they'll accept what co what Triple H is doing and let it play out because of the quality of this bloodline story. And it's the fact that the story all along has been about Sammy reuniting with Kevin Owens and it's been about Sammy and Jay. It's been more about that than it has been about Sammy and Roman. That's been an added part of the story. And, you know, I would love to, to be right and say that, you know, when we come to WrestleMania and Roman does walk out as the champion still, we can still get that payoff of Sami Zayn being the one that ends this legendary run. It's not looking like that right now. It's not looking like WWE is going to you know, pull the trigger on getting the money that would get if Roman Reigns gets to a thousand days, it looks like they are going to put the rocket on Cody Rhodes. I'm hoping I'm wrong when I say that, because I feel like they can, they can basically check both boxes of complete the story arc of the Sammy and KO reunion, them ending this long title run, this historic title run for the Usos at WrestleMania. Roman somehow gets by Cody, gets to a thousand days, and then Sammy is the one that ends this Roman run. And he can be a transitional champion, but it would be like the pop that Mick Foley got in 1999. He has that type of relatability and connection with the crowd that you can't create. But in a lot of ways Cody does as well so really they're at a win-win situation they can't go wrong with anything me myself I still stand by the fact even after Cody's promo Cody winning the title is more about Cody winning the title than it is about ending Roman's run and I think that his promo last night confirmed everything I've been saying and why Cody is not the person to end this run for Roman Reigns but WWE is going to progress Triple H is high on Cody. Cody has proven to be, uh, he brought a lot of star power to last night's Raw. He feels like one of the biggest stars in the company. So 
it feels like it's going to be Cody's time, but I do agree with the fans that are, are kind of questioning and raising the eyebrow and saying, what about Sammy? I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Look, man, the WWE is in a good position right now. They have two white hot over baby faces. And I know there was concern that if Cody comes in and wins the rumble, he's going to get booed because people are going to want Sammy and they're going to revolt. There was none of that because WWE very smartly set it up to where the men's Royal Rumble was first to where I'm sitting there and I'm going. And I know we had we we laid out all of these wonderful options uh, with Cameron Hawkins on our on our uh, Royal Rumble preview show. He he put out the case for Jay Uso to win the Royal Rumble. We talked about Solo Sokoa uh, having a fantastic showing and becoming a star making performance inside the Royal Rumble. You talked about how Sami Zayn should win the Royal Rumble. And then as I'm sitting there on my flight to San Antonio and I'm bored. I, I'm I did. Running, I, I just want to specify. I did predict Cody winning though. It was I know, too you obvious. Did, you did. It was too but, obvious. Yeah, it was too obvious. But we, I'm just saying we talked about all these options involving the bloodline. And then as I'm sitting there on my flight to San Antonio with nothing but my thoughts, I'm just sitting here and I'm going, well, wait a minute. It Depending on how they outline the show, there's no storyline reason for any member of the bloodline to even be in the Royal Rumble. And that's exactly what they did before Sami Zayn even broke away from the bloodline. There's no point in putting him in the Rumble. So people shouldn't have expected him to be in the Rumble match the second that it kicked off. So they squashed all that. And then Cody was warmly recepted and the pop was massive uh inside of the uh, alamo dome uh when he won that matchup so and only thing i will add is i know rick you were there live so it's a different experience being there live but the men's raw rumble was so much better than the women's raw rumble i'm sorry i can't say <laughs> that uh, that the women's raw rumble is better than the men's raw rumble when half of the people got no reaction and really it's it's a rumble it's a rumble of two halves the first half was kind of dull it had damage control controlling and uh, you know holding things down eliminating people and becky comes out had that little section there that was pretty good had Rhea and Liv starting out but Literally, you could throw away 30 minutes of the of the matchup. And then the, the last the last 30 minutes was okay. We had the botch with, with Nia Jax coming out. We also had a botch with her getting slammed. There was a bunch of botches throughout the entire matchup. And yeah, then the like, final the final five minutes with Liv, Asuka, and Rhea Ripley were really, really good and, and near past. perfect. And I think it, that's what that was, that's what a lot of people will focus on for the people that are out there that, that are probably agreeing with Rick saying the women's Royal Rumble was better than the men's Royal Rumble. I think y'all are just highlighting the final five minutes and forgetting the first 55 of the match. Now, I liked the and again, different experience. I'm in the press box. I'm there live. Don't have commentary to, to kind of lean on or anything like that. Um, from what I saw, I loved the the opening with with Liv and Rhea. I'm I'm happy that they both went coast to coast. And I know we got people in the comment section who are saying somebody uh, brought up the fact that uh, Liv needs a huge push based off that performance. I wish I could find that comment. Uh, Alex saying, do you all think Liv needs a big push following her 2023 Women's Royal Rumble match performance? And we'll get there because she is inside the Elimination Chamber. So we'll definitely talk about that. I was very impressed with Liv Morgan's performance throughout the match. I loved the 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 damage control. Becky Lynch stuff, damage control, kind of owning it like the uh, uh, straight edge society, CM Punk kind of doing that angle there where they're kind of running roughshod over everybody. And then Becky comes out and, and yes, added a much needed level of energy to the match. And then the second half, it was all about Asuka. Once Asuka came out and unveiled the, 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 new, the new dark side of her that we all wanted to see, crowd blew up. 
And yeah, the Nia stuff I actually thought was hilarious. Uh, the way that everybody just kind of converged on her. And then the closing five minutes was absolutely brilliant. And arguably the best ending to any Royal Rumble match. Like ending, the best ending to any Royal Rumble match that I've seen, arguably. That it was... It was like very good. It was a very good ending. And but I like mean, I said, like the closing I, segments, like the final eliminations. Like yeah, the, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was really well done, especially yes. Rhea Ripley holding on, slipping. That was one of the best skin your cats that you will ever see. But the men's Royal Rumble was so much better. I'm sorry. I'll just say it. You had, Gunther, you had Gunther as the anchor. Then you get the callback to Gunther and Sheamus. Then you, yeah. get, you get Drew McIntyre and Sheamus controlling a portion of it as the banger bros getting eliminations together. Then you had Brock coming out. You had Brock and Gunther having a stare down. Then Bobby Lashley eliminates Brock. Then Brock goes crazy. Crazy on the outside. Then you had Dominic Mysterio coming out after Rey Mysterio setting up and further pushing along that WrestleMania matchup. They pushed along the Lashley and Brock Lesnar part of that for WrestleMania as well. Then you had Edge coming out return. You had Booker T coming out as a surprise. Uh, Edge, you know, can keeping things up with with the judgment day you had beth phoenix making a return and spearing rhea ripley and you had you know you had logan paul at the end he sets up a matchup with seth rollins and gives us one of the greatest spots in raw rumble history that with him and, him and ricochet and you had the final the final portion of the matchup with him eliminating seth then cody eliminating logan paul then we get one of the best final twos between gunther and uh and cody at the end there so there's so much more to that men's Royal Rumble than there was in the women's Royal Rumble. That's why I say, like, I, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I don't think it's very close, in my opinion. I'll have to, again, different experience live, uh, you know, kind of like the storytelling of everything. Commentary really does help sell that. And believe me, I want to go back and I want to listen to Pat McAfee on commentary. I was so damn happy when he came out that he was back. Pat um, McAfee still saying banger bros, even though they told him not to, <laughs> was the highlight of commentary during that men's Royal Rumble. But Gunther just being the anchor and rather leading threes through and how everybody seemed to want to interact with Gunther. That was just yeah. that, that made. Hey, that we got that Gunther Brock stare down too, which, oh man. Yeah. I, I think that was almost like a, hey, would you guys be interested in this? And then the crowd was like, fuck yes, we'd be interested in this. Uh, so hopefully we get that uh, down toward the end. Uh, before we dive into the five count, just real quick, uh, kind of a, a big ish news story that came out today, uh, Wrestling Observer. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, looks like he has turned down. Uh, opportunities to wrestle at WrestleMania this year, whether it was against Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. He said, nah, I'm good. So it looks like no Rock, no Austin this year at WrestleMania uh, SP3. And you know what? Honestly, I'm fine with it, man. I'm fine with it. Let's highlight the people you got on the roster right now. I know it's WrestleMania. You're going to get Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins probably. Um, but I think if there's a year to kind of focus on the, on the talent that you got there and, and push some people and give some people some opportunities in some big stages, build some new stars, this is a year to do it. So if you couldn't get Rock, you couldn't get Austin, you're in a good spot where you still had plenty of great options to go up against Roman Reigns, whether it's Sammy or Cody like we talked about. I think they're going to be just fine without both men on that card. Yeah, it's kind of understandable if you're Austin, you don't want to ruin what was so special about last year, and you know, maybe you couldn't get into shape like The Rock or something like that, but regardless, I think that it, it gives WWE the opportunity to put more of a spotlight on, you know, the, the other stars that they have, and now, you know, 
the night one of WrestleMania because you you would think right now night two is going to be headlined by Cody versus Roman. We got the women's championship matchup, but I'm sorry, I don't think that's main eventing night one. Uh, so you have an option of that match as well as maybe Sammy and KO versus the the Usos, the Usos. on night one. Night headlining. one I would do that because of how hot this angle is. So yeah, there's there's a lot of different options. So Stone Cold is not as big of a loss as it may have been last year. Uh, yes, let's see. Uh, a shock wasn't the intention of having Cody win to uh, dethrone Roman to convince guys like Ricky Starks, Wardlow, and MJF to jump ship. I mean, look that that was never like the intention. I think as as long as like Cody is was booked well, that would be the perceived like thought process there. But that's just fans talking. Right. That's just that's just fans talking. This is something that SB3 and I talked about. Like, well, they need to book Cody like he matters. So when these guys come up, but it's a whole different ball game here now, folks. It's a completely different ball game with Triple H in charge. And yeah, I, I don't think anything that moves this way forward with Cody is going to have any impact on any AEW stars coming over. SP3, you look like I'm I'm exhausted by y'all Cody fans because y'all Cody fans have changed this shit so many different times <laughs> the story his whole thing gotta gotta come back to finish the story the story was established in the promo on the raw after wrestlemania 38 was cody winning the wwe title to for because his brother and his First father family. never hold the title why when did it become cody has to win the title and it has to be against roman and it has to be at wrestlemania and it has to be for both like y'all have added so much shit to this stop stop just be happy he was he was plan b and that's that's another thing that cody fans want to act oh cody versus roman was always their plan no it wasn't oh, it was rocking roman. roman like stop stop rock admitted it roman admitted it triple h admitted it cody was plan b he is the plan now so be happy but he was plan b let's not let's not try to change the facts he's plan b it was never supposed to be Cody and Roman at this at this WrestleMania. If The Rock wanted to come back, he, Cody would be moved aside. He would be moved aside. Be yeah. happy for what you have. Oh, I love you, SP3. I really do. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. So SP3, Rhea Ripley uh, won the women's. Royal Rumble, entering in at number one, outlasting the other 29 women, went over an hour, did so with a dislocated knee uh, on top of that, which made the performance even more impressive. Um, I had the opportunity to ask her about uh, her two options during the Royal Rumble press conference afterwards. Um, and I did that on purpose because I was hoping, SP3, that WWE would play this out as a very tough decision because I think it would be a tough decision for, for Rhea Ripley. And instead, they have her come out two days later and just announce her choice right here and now. I did not like the fact that they made her announce her choice the Raw after the Royal Rumble. There is no need to rush into that. No need whatsoever because it is a difficult decision for all the reasons that she laid out. Yes, she has history with Charlotte. She owes her for losing the NXT championship to her, for losing the Raw Women's Championship to her. But you also have Bianca Belair, somebody she has history with in, in NXT and somebody who has absolutely dominated the Raw Women's division. If you want to come in and you want to assert your dominance as the new 
lioness of the women's division, you're going to go after Bianca Belair right now. It was a difficult decision, and they should have played on that. And they also should have at least given us like a 2% thought process that Sonya Deville might win this this Friday. They got a world title match this Friday. They don't even care. We already know that Charlotte's going to win that bad boy. So um, I had an issue with that. What I did not have an issue with was Rhea Ripley choosing Charlotte Flair. I know everybody wanted to see her and Bianca throw down. The story is better with Rhea Ripley going up against Charlotte Flair, in my opinion, for those exact reasons. You can go back to WrestleMania 36, where Charlotte beat her for the NXT title. You can go back to the fact that Charlotte beat her to clean to, to win her Raw Women's Championship, and the fact that Rhea Ripley has not been able to beat Charlotte Flair. She's better now. She wants to get revenge, so she's going to go, and she's going to win the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania. I think that is a better story than her going up against Bianca Belair. I have no problem with this. Um, I mean, I, like I said before, everyone's entitled to your opinion, but Rick is wrong. The better story <laughs> was Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair because they've been teasing it for months. They've been teasing it for months, and literally Triple H had a layup. Of a perfect, a perfect, this is the Triple H regime woman's title match with two of his NXT babies going at it. Rhea Ripley being built as this unstoppable force who went through 29 other women, won the Royal Rumble to verse the woman that's been holding down the Raw Women's Championship for 300 days. Great that Rhea Ripley had the built-in story of Charlotte Flair beating her at WrestleMania 36. But one, we've seen this match a lot. We saw it at WrestleMania 36. We saw it in a triple threat at In Your House 2020. We saw it in a triple threat at WrestleMania Backlash 2021. We saw it in a singles match at Hell in a Cell 2021. We saw it in a singles match at Money in the Bank 2021. I've seen it. You are going to a do a Vince McMahon matchup that we've seen over and over again. And two... You basically are forcing the fans to turn both women because I can guarantee in Los Angeles, those fans are not going to cheer for Charlotte Flair, who's the baby face in this situation. They'll be cheering for Rhea Ripley, who's the heel in this situation. Yeah, I and, think that's the goal. And three, no, that shouldn't be, that wouldn't, that's not the goal. Stop it. Don't, 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 don't. That's not, that's not the goal. It's not the goal because Rhea Ripley is a part of the top heel faction on Raw. The goal is to get Judgment Day over to SmackDown. That's purely it. And yeah. then three, three was the fact of the, the realization that I had this morning of you do know, realize we have, we're going on, we've gone five years since the first ever women's Raw Rumble match and not once. Has the women's Royal Rumble winner ever just had a just challenge for the Raw Women's Championship? Ever. Literally, the only person who ever chose the Raw Women's Championship was Becky Lynch. Lynch and yeah. she was in a match for both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. So no women's so you're literally just continuing. This is like this would be like if Triple H this year at Money in the Bank has the money, the women's money in the bank winner win the money in the bank and cash it in on the same night. You're just doing what Vince would do. So like that's why that's why I feel like I'm in an echo chamber sometimes of Triple H is not that different from his father. Like I'm sorry, the the things that y'all want to praise him for, like the bloodline, the table was already set for him. 
Sammy was already associated with the bloodline. Yes, he took it one step farther. Yes, he made it better. Like Sammy said, you know, he was never on camera with Roman, Roman Reigns until up. Triple H became in power. He made it better. Don't get me wrong, but the table was already set for him. It wasn't like he said, you know what, Sammy Zayn with the bloodline, that'd be interesting. No, he was already there. So he's the things y'all want to give him credit for. He's already had the table set and literally like. It's mind-boggling that you had that layup of Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, and you're just giving us a match we already seen before. Again, I think the underlying long-term story between Rhea and Charlotte is but Don't get me wrong, though. They were in a win-win situation with this. I, but either match is going to be great, and I, I'm fine with either match, whichever direction they decided to go. I just wish, again, they would have played up to the fact that this was a difficult decision. Let's let her sit at least until after elimination chamber to see what they were going to do. But they wanted to set up a number one contenders match at elimination chamber instead SP three. So we got two of them that are going to be coming up here on February 18th. One is for the United States championship, which is setting up to be uh, very, very good. So far, the guys who have qualified uh, along with Austin theory, the champ is Seth Rollins. Uh, Bronson Reed and Johnny Gargano, who I think had a very good weekend. And then we have the Raw Women's title, number one contender match, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, this new Asuka, and Liv Morgan, SP3 right now. Who are your early favorites to win these two matches? Who do you think will face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania? Uh, it's Asuka. I hope it's Asuka. That's the only thing that makes this mis misguided choice of Rhea Ripley <laughs> and beyond and Charlotte Flair. Like I I'm sorry, y'all y'all can come y'all can tell me night and day that this is the right choice. This is the right choice. No, it's not. You, you're giving us the same match that they've done before. It's not the right it's never the right choice. But but you know Rhea Ripley made sense of it. Oh fine and dandy. So the only way to make this right for Bianca and have her have an interesting title match as well is Oscar winning. But Oscar was the right choice to challenge Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. I'd rather see her get revenge for the WrestleMania loss than Rhea Ripley. Anyway, but Oscar at least deserved that title match. She has this new character. It would yeah. be interesting for the United States Championship. I think uh, I I would find more interesting, and it elevates the United States Championship if Austin Theory does win the the Elimination Chamber, and he it seems obvious he's versing John Cena at WrestleMania 39. Right. So it's Cena versus Theory for the U.S. title. It elevates the U.S. title, puts it on a different level since John Cena is challenging for it. So I would say Theory for that. I'm looking at this, and I think Asuka is, is the slam dunk uh, favorite for this. I think I think both Raquel and Liv Morgan had really good weekends. I don't know what their long-term plans with their them are right now. Uh, we got uh, Dragon here saying that Raquel is probably their choice. I don't think so. I, I don't think that that's as big of a slam dunk. I think the Royal Rumble was a great spot to get Raquel on the right track, a great catalyst for performance for her she got a hell of a hometown pop i don't know how it came off on television but she got a great hometown pop uh live there in person one of the loudest reactions for the women's royal rumble i was very happy with her would have liked to have seen her get some more eliminations but still a good showing for her good showing for Liv. i don't know what they're doing with nikki cross i think she just got into this match based off the fact that she was one of the final four who didn't win the royal rumble which i was fine with because usually they just randomly pick women for these kind of spots instead of doing full-on qualifiers but they actually gave a reason for this so i was happy with that 
Um, I'm going to go with Asuka, though. They got this new persona. She's kind of this heelish woman now, and she's on Raw. We'll see who the last two uh, end up being. Interesting, though, SP3, is we know these last two are not going to be Becky Lynch or Bailey. That's more interesting for me is what those two are going to end up doing. Well, we don't know who the final spot's going to be for, so... They, well, they set up number one contenders, Matt. They set up at least one number they one. Set, yeah, they set up one for the fifth spot. So there's right. one spot remaining after that. One spot remaining afterward. Both Becky Lynch and Bailey are not going to be getting into this matchup. So maybe one of them. And I don't know it right now, though. It seems like it's, it's an Oscar for a slam dunk. And I'm actually hoping I know you said uh, Austin Theory retaining right now. I'd like to see either Bronson or Johnny Gargano win that win that match. I think Austin Theory will probably retain, but the way that they got this lineup set up, it's very interesting. I think they could go uh, a, a lot of different directions. Yes, Ozzy, uh, I think Carmella being back is great. Uh, I'm, I was happy to see her back and healthy. I don't know if she's going to qualify for the Chamber match, and I don't think Chelsea Green is going to qualify either. Uh, I do like what they're doing with her so far, at least the, the, the whole Karen thing. I didn't like her getting eliminated in like five seconds at the Rumble, but uh, I think she's going to play that to a T. Um, SP three, we, we briefly kind of talked about this, but who do you think were some overall for the pay-per-view real quick here? Who do you think were some of the other winners and who were some of the losers at the Royal rumble this weekend? Uh, biggest winner I would say is Gunther, uh, just a, an Iron Man performance setting the record for traditional Royal rumble matches. And it just, it felt like another star making performance. Like he had at clash at the castle with Sheamus. It felt like they were putting him on another level and letting it be known that he is a future main eventer. And if they are going to strap the rocket to Cody and he's going to be the next champion, I think Gunther is the guy to dethrone Cody. It would be like sting versus Vader back at great American bash 1992. It'd be so perfect. Other than that, Everyone in the bloodline segment, yeah, they deserve to be considered uh, winners. And as far as losers, I hate to say it, Bray Wyatt. Uh, this is a this is a quote that I put up on True Hill E, and I said it on True Hill E, and I got a lot of people who agreed with me. Bray Wyatt may be the greatest, and then the bell rings wrestler of all time. He had he finger banged all his fans up until <laughs> up until up until Roar Rumble. And that was one of the worst matches I have ever seen in a Raw Rumble in a Raw Rumble event. Ever. Ever. It was cool neon lights. The match peaked when the bell rang and you saw the black light. That's when the match peaked. And yeah, it was not good. It was five minutes. Then we had the post match where Uncle Howdy whiffed on the coffin drop on LA say, you're, night. You're getting ahead of me with question four here, which is where exactly did the Mountain Dew pitch black match go wrong for you? Because the uh, bell rang. <laughs> <laughs> the bell rang and it peaked. It peaked at Bray, showing that he had a black light glowing. He was glowing a dark Bray, and, and LA Knight had glowing a dark gear. That's when the match peaked. And then it kept going. Look, it, went for, it went for five minutes and it felt like five hours. Oh my God. That yeah, was that, so that was, bad. I think, look, the, I think the, the crowd was waiting for this thing to get started. It never really got started, it never got going. It never hit that it never got into a groove. It never got into any momentum. This was a no holds barred match that had like 
what one kendo stick shot and like a dude got thrown into the barricade maybe like that's and the table and the table spot with all the neons going everywhere yeah yeah and the popcorn going everywhere right like this match got seven minutes cut off of it because according yeah. to sean rossap the the, the runtime for this was scheduled for 12 minutes so this was supposed to be a 12 minute match and it got cut down to five, which is why one of the biggest losers of this weekend for me was L.A. Knight, because the guy looked like a total chump. He barely got any offense in. He hits Bray right in the skull with a kendo stick. He no-sells it, hits him with the sister Abigail, and then the match was done. And then he gets dragged out, and Uncle Howdy dives on top of him. This whole thing was a mess, and I wanted it to be good. The aesthetics of it were actually really great. Like, honestly, it looked cool as hell. There was just nothing in the match because they got the go-home signal five minutes into it. Yet we still had to get that fucking Hardy concert at the end. Cut that shit. Don't cut your matches. And then WWE's like, they're unhappy with Hardy's performance. And 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 Ace in the chat saying the pitch block wasn't wasn't Bray's idea. Yeah, I didn't, I never said it was Bray's idea, but I'm sorry. We are here now. 10 years into Bray Wyatt on the main roster. And yes, we've had some breaks in between injuries, releases. Yeah. But my man, his, it's, it's Brian Danielson at Royal Rumble 2014. And Brian Danielson is like the greatest wrestler of, of his generation. That's the only great match I've ever seen from Bray Wyatt. I've seen good. I've seen good Bray Wyatt matches. He has some good matches with Roman Reigns. He had some good matches with with John Cena. But he may be the greatest, and then the bell rings wrestler of all time. I'm waiting for someone to tell me someone who who is a greater, and then the bell rings wrestler. I heard someone say Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior has WrestleMania six against Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania seven against Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm sorry, guys. Two is greater than one. I said one great match for, for Bray Wyatt. If he has one great match and Warrior has two great matches, Warrior is better. So Bray Wyatt is at the top of the end the bell rings wrestlers of all time. I just want them to let this man have a match. Like literally just let this guy wrestle a regular match with the lights on, no gimmicky stuff, and just see what the guy has. The guy can go. I know he can go. Just let him wrestle a regular fucking match. Whatever his match is going to be at Mania, whether it's against Uncle Howdy, Bo Dallas, whoever the hell it's going to be, please just let this man wrestle. And the other thing that I think that killed the Mountain Dew pitch black match, I thought this was going to be the setup for some big reveal. Not only did we not get the reveal for Uncle Howdy, we got another like just dick tease with the the Alexa Bliss stuff. There was no storyline progression at one of your biggest shows. That was the time to do it. They They didn't do it in either match. They legit just replayed the same Alexa video that we saw before. Yes, they did. I was like, I was like, dude, like you could have saved that whole Uncle Howdy ending that you did with Pitch Black for the Alexa and and Bianca match. Like, I don't know what was worse on this show is the horrible Pitch Black match or the fact that Alexa and Bianca got seven minutes and it felt like if I missed it, I didn't miss anything at all. It happened. It It was a match. I know. And that was the one I was looking forward to the most because those two work very very well with one another and that was another match that just felt like it never got out of the gate really like it was just getting good and then it ended it was over it was done and i'm i, I uh uh as far as another loser of the weekend carrying cross 
um, loses to to Rey Mysterio on on SmackDown, and then gets eliminated within like three minutes uh, inside the Royal Rumble. I, I don't know what to read into that, but he did not have a great weekend. Uh, as far as a winner, Piper Niven. Uh, Piper Niven, 100%, being back, being healthy, having her name back. I thought she had a great showing in the match, uh, and I, I I already mentioned Liv Morgan uh, beforehand. We did get one other return. I mean, as I mean uh, we have Frantic Girl saying some people like that pitch black match. I mean, there's some people that, that like a dog shit on the, on the corner. That's great. It's still shit. We got one uh, final topic here, SP3. I know we're we're, we're running way late here, but uh, Nia Jax did make her return at number 30 abruptly because uh, they messed up the count. Somebody hit the wrong button. Uh, some questions about whether or not she's actually signed with the company. I think she has because she has merchandise out with WWE, so that would make me think that she's back. Um, let's just say is she is back, uh, SP3. What does Nia Jax bring to the table if she is back with WWE full-time? I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's something that I enjoy. It's something that real people, real fans enjoy in Nia Jax. It's her theme song. I'm not like most girls. <laughs> I'm not a plastic little plastic. Lucky for me, I'm not like most girls. That that song is forever. One of the greatest bangers. I love being live at the event and hearing that song. If I was next to Rick at the Royal Rumble, he'd be so annoyed by the fact that I love not like most girls. It's one of the greatest theme songs of this generation. I of professional yes i you she would have <laughs> trust me ask, ask people that have been to bets with me her song is iconic you know it you know it dragon you know it you know it people know it the real fans know it it i mean queen monet queen monet says if naya's back says this is the worst resigning in triple h regime no that's a battle for that honestly because <laughs> Because there's more, there's more bad resignings for Triple H than good ones. Um, but what does she bring to the table? The theme song. Yes, that's that's about it. I I've actually thought long and hard about this, and you, you may call me an idiot for the third time on this show today, but I think she is exactly what SmackDown needs. Because you know what she brings to the table? Heat, heat. The crowd hates her. They hate her. They loathe her she is exactly what smackdown needs she needs to be going in there and wrestling the raquel rodriguez's and the tegan knox's and all these people on smackdown who are not over who are still in the getting to know you phase with wwe because they are going to root against naya and i think before you know it they're going to not only be rooting against naya they're going to be rooting for the people that she is wrestling heat is worth money it helps get the baby faces over. It helps sell their T-shirts, and it puts butts in seats because you want to see that person get their ass whooped. I think she's exactly what the women's roster on SmackDown needs is because people are going to be interested in what Nia Jax is doing because they want her to lose, and I think eventually it'll help those baby faces uh, get over a little bit. I think that's what she brings to the table. Lucky for me, I'm not like most girls. I'm not a plastic little pizza. Lucky for me, I'm not like most girls. Hey, Shock saying Lacey is the one in that role, not Naya. Look, you need more than one. You need more than one. 
anybody who can generate a reaction from your audience is valuable to you, whether it is positive or negative. All right, SP3, we're way over on time. I do apologize. I know you got to get to work. Uh, what's going on on the True uh, Heel Heat YouTube channel this week? Well, right now, you guys can go over there, check out my new interview with Impact Wrestling's own Tom Hannafin. We talked about his first year with Impact Wrestling. We talked about his journey in WWE, his relationship with Michael Cole, how he reacted to being released from WWE, how it is taping uh, for Impact Wrestling against live shows. So we learned a lot about the craft of commentating with Tom Hannafin. So go over and check that out right now. Uh, you also got our Roar rumble roundtable review where I, I don't think i've ever had a review where i love something as much as the bloodline segment and hated something as much as the pitch crap match so go over there and check it out right now i'll be back on the channel tomorrow actually for our nxt vengeance day preview so go over there and subscribe we had a huge month in month in january over 700 subscribers in january so we're pushing Damn. forward to 5k over there there you go. That's what I like to see. Oh, by the way, uh, if you're new to the show and uh, new to the channel, uh, we picked up some subscribers this weekend. Go ahead and pound that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up button as well if you like the show today because that really helps drive up our audience. You have no earthly idea. We're closing in. Uh, well, getting close. I shouldn't say closing in. But our goal is 1,000 subscribers this year, uh, and we are getting closer every single day. You can check out my conversation uh, with Bianca Belair uh, from Royal Rumble Weekend. It is up right now, and I do believe I will be dropping my interview with Piper Niven either tomorrow or Thursday. You can keep uh, abreast of my uh, Twitter channel for all the announcements on that, at Rick Uccino, spelled as you see it on the screen. For those who are on the podcast channel, U-C-C-H-I-N-O. Follow him at TrueHeelSP3. That is H-E-E-L-S-P-3. Appreciate you guys. Thanks to everybody who tuned in today, who sent in the comments. I'll try to do better uh, to get to more comments next week. We were just kind of rushed uh, today, and I still ended up going 14 minutes over. So this has been the uh, Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.